Rachel Arkit shut up her Christchurch shop late March, along with the rest of the country's businesses, not knowing when or if she'd come back. The pandemic wiped out her massage therapy business. 100%. There is no income. We're entirely dependent on clients walking in the door. We have no clients walking in the door. In fact, the doors are closed. So none of us, other myself or the other three therapists, have got any revenue coming in. Stay at home is the official line. Schools will close, as will all non-essential businesses, including bars and restaurants. Without the measures I have just announced, up to tens of thousands of New Zealanders could die from COVID-19. People like supermarket workers, pharmacists and food suppliers can go to work, but for everyone else, stay home. This is a business that can't treat clients stuck at home. It can't be moved online. It is close contact, literally hands-on. Not a great business model in a global health crisis. You know, I'm managing to keep my head above water, but that's not going to last long. I've, I've still got expenses that need, to be, that need to be paid for. Operators say they've been looking at a good summer, but now thousands of businesses will be battling for survival. I still have a mortgage and insurance and rates on that property, um, as well as all the, you know, the other general maintenance costs that I'm obviously not cover, you know, having to pay for at the moment, but they'll still be there when, I, um, when we come out of lockdown and I won't be earning any income. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly, and I've been checking in with Rachel Arkit over the last three months. Today on The Detail, Rachel's own story of a business in recovery in an economy in meltdown. Weird. It actually feels empty because, you know, there's nobody here. Normally, we'd be quite busy this time of the day. So, um, I don't kind of freak out or get emotional about stuff, but I actually feel quite anxious. It's Thursday, May the 14th, the day the country moves into Level 2. And you can hear the unease in Rachel's voice. I'm normally very controlled and little-headed about things, but it's kind of, yeah, just a, a new... I know again, people keep saying the new normal, but it is, it's just this sort of sense of, I hope everything's going to be okay. You know, I have three other therapists at work here, and the burden I carry is more about my responsibility to them. They contract to me, so they don't have the same security. My name is Marama Markman, and I am a massage therapist at Body Works. And you're a contractor to Rachel? Yes, that's right. Okay, so how worried were you um, at the end of March when the whole country went into lockdown and, and you had to shut the business? I think I think it was like mixed feelings. I was definitely like concerned, mainly not really for myself. I think if it had been like because we were sole traders, Rachel like really looked after us. So I wasn't really concerned like financially. In some ways I treat them as, like employees in terms of wanting to look after them and make sure that they're okay. Uncertainty for everyone. I mean, you can't really guess what's coming around the corner, really. Definitely in the early stages, I was like, oh, you know, touch and go, is this actually even going to be viable? Obviously, legally, they, you know, there's certain things I can't do, but the concern I have is more around their welfare than, than you know, the business as such. You know, because if, if the business isn't thriving, then they can't. So now it's early May and we're coming out of level three. Rachel's got delayed mortgage payments, other bills piling up, no bookings and a small team of workers depending on her. The government wage subsidy has been her only income for seven weeks. But while other businesses rush to reopen, some at one minute past midnight, Rachel feels it's just too risky to fling open her doors immediately. 
I mean, I've spent the last hmm, couple of days writing a seven-page health and hygiene protocols um, just to make sure that we're keeping ourselves and our clients safe, and that, that includes, um, you know, minimising contact with, you know, surfaces and people. So, yeah, just I've cleared out the waiting area so people won't actually be able to wait. We'll be asking people to wait in their cars before they come in for their appointment. I've cut the roster down so there's only two people working at any time so and you know staggering appointments so we won't be having multiple people coming and going at the same time. Yeah. And it's gonna be weird for a while. I'm sure somebody's gonna be a bit upset with being told, I'm sorry you've arrived too early for your appointment, go back and wait in your car. Yeah. So just little things like that. Why didn't you open today? I just wanted to Put, make sure that I had things in place. You know, the announcement was made. It still, I, it still took me just a little while to get my head around. You know, what we needed to do. I was still waiting for, you know, clarification from um, the massage therapy governing body as to, you know, what we should and shouldn't be doing. I don't know. We've been, you know, we've been closed for weeks. I just didn't feel there was a rush. You know, it's only going to be a few days. We'll be reopening on Monday. So she's got two days before she opens. I don't, I'm not confident it's going to fill up really quickly, to be honest. I think there'll be people that are a little bit hesitant. I know that there's been clients contacting me, you know, on, on Facebook and things going, yeah, please, I want, you know, I want to come in. I've got clients that um, I won't be able to see straight away because of underlying health conditions. Um, some elderly clients that would be more vulnerable. So... Yeah, it's again. It's just going to be a let's see what the next couple of weeks brings, and fingers crossed that you know things do return to. I wouldn't say to to the normal that we had before all this happened, but certainly a little bit closer. Would you say your business is still in jeopardy at this stage? Yeah, I mean, there's no certainties about anything. I mean, I hope everything works out just as I did. You know. When, when I did speak to you a few weeks ago, you know, I was hoping that everything would be okay, but there was still uncertainty. I'm more hopeful now, mm. um, a little bit more confident, but I, I don't honestly know how many of my clients have been really badly financially affected. You know, there will be people where receiving a massage may become just too much of a luxury. Again, fingers crossed that, you know, not too many of my clients are badly affected financially. Not too many of them are really risk averse and just not, not leaving the house. I don't know. How many bookings have you got for Monday? Oh, as of today, now? Mm. I've got zero. I've still got to contact all of them. Well, by the end of today, I will have uh, contacted um, most of them and you know, rebooked for the next couple of weeks anyway. Rachel spends the weekend calling her regular clients and it's not all good news. I had, did have a couple that were a little hesitant and I just didn't want to put any pressure on. If like people were still feeling a little iffy, then you know that's completely, you know, completely their their situation, and I wasn't trying to push them. But for the most part, people were like, oh, thank God, I've you know really missed you. Oh, so that's nice. yeah. And the ones who are hesitant, what are they actually saying? Um, I've got a couple of older clients, um, so they're at, at risk, and another couple of um. Yeah, people who were 
um, they've got underlying health conditions where they just wanted to play it, play it safe. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, I did have one client who I've been seeing on a regular basis who has just been diagnosed with cancer. So she's going to be starting treatment soon. So that was a bit of a shock. Mm. Um, yeah, so that means I'm not sure when I'll be able to see her face-to-face again because um, I do oncology massage normally um, under normal circumstances, so I do work with people who are immune compromised, but under these circumstances, no, I'll, I would be keeping away. So I've actually um, promised to have a, a Zoom catch-up with her and talk through some, some things to see how I can help her out remotely. I've realised that there was all these cafes and restaurants and bars and little businesses that were going to um, have to close. So we thought, OK, maybe we could help them in some particular way. It's SOS Cafe, a website where you can buy a voucher to cash in for coffee and grub when the lockdown lifts. I signed up quite early on. I was one of the first non-cafes to sign up, kind of as a guinea pig as well. And then I you know, happened to be chatting to David Downs who set up the, the platform say, hey, look, if you need any help doing some data entry or something. And he's like, yes, please. Yes, please. We were drowning at that point. So we asked Rachel um, to help us out with setting up other vendors because she obviously had empathy for the, what they were going through. So I was really lucky in a sense that I had something meaningful to do over the last few weeks, and that was to be one of the team behind the scenes. We gave her a fancy title because we couldn't pay anyone, so we called her like the worldwide head of customer service. I ended up looking after other volunteers every day putting up new listings and um, answering queries from vendors all over the country and probably would have been doing you know five or six hours a day for a couple of weeks there it was a lot of work I got to read some of the really cool feedback that we got from some of the businesses you know this SOS actually did save them there was a cafe who you know freezer broke down and they had to throw out thousands of dollars worth of food products and she would have lost all her stock without the, the voucher money coming through to help her buy a new fridge. You know, like my business, for example, I was the money that was raised through people buying vouchers through SOS, I actually then shared that with the other therapist who worked with me. So it meant that they had a little bit of extra a little bit of extra money coming in. When you're in a situation like we've been in the last few you know, few weeks, another hundred bucks, that's a lot of groceries you can buy. It's Monday, May the 18th, and Rachel opens her clinic. After eight weeks, she's back in close contact with clients. And with a highly contagious, deadly virus lurking, things are different. I spent a bit of, you know, quite a bit of time today sitting at, you know, the head of the massage table working on someone's neck when they were face up. You know, so my face and their face were, you know, centimetres apart. So I actually, funnily enough, I did actually feel more comfortable with the mask on. That's the thing I'm really conscious of, really, is that because we're in such a close, such close proximity with somebody for such a long time, you know, we're in that room for an hour, um, that, you know, if somebody did happen to be asymptomatic and come in and we didn't know, then if we weren't keeping up these standards and then there's a risk that they would, we would then pass it on without, you know, being any the wiser. By the end of her first week, bookings are at 65% of normal capacity. Rachel's looking at where to cut costs so she can pay the bills. And any setback could be disastrous. It's going to be a really tight few months in terms of not buying anything for the business that I don't absolutely need. I mean, the 20th of the month normal bill run was mm. obviously 
pretty small compared with normal, but the 20th of next month is going to be a bit different. You know, our our linen bill is, is one of the highest bills we have in order to even using linen during April, but we're using more. So we're using about the same volume of linen as we normally would because we're using an extra sheet for every client just to keep um, the top blanket covered up. So, you know, we've actually got more expenses and less income, which is going to be interesting when it comes to a few weeks' time when bills are due. Balancing the books. Have you had any financial advice about how to manage this period? My accountant's been good. You know, we've had some good suppliers. I was pretty quick to get onto some of some of our key suppliers to say, "Hey, look, we're closed down. I'm not going to be using the internet connection. We're not going to be using AFPOS. But you know, some places were really good at helping you know us defer payments. I have to say that IRD were were very helpful as well. So the GS, my GST and provisional tax bills that were due earlier in May have all been put onto payment plans. You know, that's probably one of the biggest concerns I had was and we've got, you know, these big lump sums and I don't quite have it all. And so the my my accountant's been really good with helping manage those the cash flow inconsistencies, shall we say? Do you feel now that your business is safe for now? At the moment everything feels feels okay. There is still so much uncertainty out in, in the world. Most people are tentatively confident that we've you know, we've knocked the bugger off, so to speak, and that we will start to go back to normal. I still don't know how many clients that we would normally be seeing have been financially affected and, you know, this is no longer a priority. I still you know, I still don't have a good handle on that. As as long as everything continues, you know, out there in the world, um, and more certainly New Zealand, continues to track as it has and we don't have any, you know, sudden backward steps or going back to level three or anything like that. I think we should be okay. I think the business will continue to carry on down a you know, a track of recovery. If we're not back to normal within three months, I'll, I'll probably have to start making some changes right. on a longer term basis in terms of cutting back some costs. And has this taught you anything more about how to run your business well? I guess it's made me realise that, you know, even as a small business, I probably need to have more cash reserves because there's only so much contingency planning that you can have in place. This is a business that requires face-to-face contact with people. Mm. Um, if you can't have face-to-face contact, that makes you know, makes everything. There's certain things I could do remotely, but in terms of being able to run a viable business, it requires that contact. So really it would be more about, okay, just putting putting a little bit more aside. Um, you know, I think that's that general financial advice that would be applicable to any business is to make sure that you've got, you know, I normally say, three months cash reserves available. For a lot of small businesses, it's, it's not something that we see as, I don't know, prior to this, I wouldn't have seen as critical. No. Now, you know, the bank balance is looking a little lean at the moment um, and a little bit more cash reserves would have been would have been useful. If anything else, it would be communication with, you know, suppliers. Um, there were, I've talked to other small business owners and they're like, oh, I hadn't thought of, you know, asking my FPOS provider to defer payments. So for me, it was like, well, I'm glad that I actually went to 
ask questions of the people and ask my accountant. There's help out there, but it's, you know, even with the IRD, I don't know that it's broadcast on their website that you can put payment plans in place for your for your taxes. Mm. Um, it was a matter of asking the questions, and you know, they were more than happy to help. So, you know, I've been able to then um, keep the money that I had put aside for that in the bank, use it for you know business operational stuff, and then you know, drip feeding it back to the IRD. Mr. Speaker, the global COVID-19 pandemic is wreaking havoc around the world. The virus's exponential spread has seen whole countries shut down in their attempts to slow and contain the spread. The result has been unprecedented economic and social disruption across the globe. And we are not immune, of course. What about the way the government has handled all of this? Is there anything that would have made your life as a small business operator easier? For me personally, I I actually think the government handled it really well. I think there was good communication that came out. I think they, you know, things like the wage subsidy came out really quickly. That was, you know, I had that money in the bank three days after I applied for it. We will have an extended period of deficits and our debt as a country will have to substantially increase. Our package announced today and the support that will continue to come will do our best to cushion that blow. My question would be, is the government that we have at the moment the right one to lead us from an economic perspective? I think the focus that they've had on the the people aspect of, of what we've gone through has been the right one. And if we had a catastrophic death rate, then it didn't really matter what our economics was like. It would have been the loss of people that would have made more difference. That's been handled, I think, personally, pretty well. Um, I guess it's going to be a question of whether the right things are put in place from now on. With the advice that we are receiving that the shock will be larger than that seen during the global financial crisis. This will affect every part of our economy now and for some time to come. We are going to see many New Zealanders lose their jobs and some businesses will fail. Well, we're at level one and Rachel Arkitt's clinic hasn't failed. Business has picked up, but she's getting the 40% subsidy just to keep her business going. And she's learnt a hard lesson about the need to keep cash reserves for an emergency. And there's something else that most businesses don't need to take into consideration. All is not well with some of her clients. What I've found is that there is actually an underlying anxiety in a lot of people. And it's not something where it would be clinically diagnosed as anxiety, but certainly there is that level of uncertainty for people where things aren't back to normal yet. You know, they don't know what the economy is doing and it's actually having a physical impact on them. So people are tending to be coming in more for stress and anxiety related tension than, you know, sporting injuries and things like that. And do they freely talk about that, the anxiety? Uh, well, I ask questions. <laughs> so, I mean, when you're, when you're in the privacy of a, of a massage clinic and you're lying on the table with, you know, not many clothes on and someone is being nice to you, um, most people will actually open up. So it just takes some... some um, some careful, considered questioning. and Because for me, it's important to understand what's going on for them because, you know, they might come in saying, oh, I've got a really sore, you know, really sore neck and shoulders and I've been getting headaches and, oh, it's just all the tension. It's like, well, the tension's there for a reason. And mm. so sometimes it's just that questioning. It's, um, 
can sometimes help them understand that how how they're feeling emotionally and, and um, mentally is actually having a physical effect. So you're going to be celebrating 10 years in August. Hmm. What, do you feel like it will be a celebration? Well, I'm going to do my best. Obviously, I'm going to have to be careful with my budget. Um, but I'm going to try and, and do some things with the therapist and, and to recognise some of the, you know, I have clients that have been coming to see me for see me since I was a student, so that is 10 years. Mm. Um, so and, and a few people that have been regulars for, you know, five years plus. So I'd like to do something to recognise their, um, their loyalty and commitment to both my business but also looking after themselves. You know when you look back on it, so uh, March the 26th, our lives changed and we all had to go into lockdown. Gosh, so much has happened. I mean, I'm thinking for someone like you, a small business operator, a lot has happened. Hmm. It's, I mean, to be honest, the the first few days of being in lockdown, I barely remember them now. They feel like a lifetime ago. Um. When I look back now, it actually did give me an opportunity to reflect on my ability to accept things that were going on. Um, you know, I actually, for the most part, I actually accepted that, I, look, I can't do anything about this. I can have an influence over the way that I respond. And I think that most people did. A lot of clients came in, have come in over the last few weeks talking about how positive their experience of level, particularly level four was. We've been through a pretty turbulent time, you know, a time that nobody could plan for and nobody could, nobody had a lot of control over. And I think what a lot of people have learned is about just being a little bit kinder to themselves and a little bit kinder to other people. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile phone every weekday from any podcast platform. If you're using Apple, give us a rating so other people can find us too. This episode was engineered by Rangi Poak and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Rachel Arkit from Bodyworks Massage Therapy. Kakite anō. 